The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit voicesofwrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Super J Cast. I'm Joel Abraham, joined by Damon McDonalds. Damon, what do you think of Tottenham? Tottenham a shit. What do you think of shit? Tottenham. Thank you. You're welcome. I guess I thought. Yeah, yeah you remember the bit. I Good on you. The bit. I, I, I sprung I, that on you. You, did. <laughs> you weren't I expecting scared. that, were you? <laughs> I didn't expect it. I was like, oh, wait, I know this. Wait, I know this. All right. I got you, right? So uh, uh, yeah. London is red, right? London, North London is red. North oh, let's just, fuck it. The whole, the whole of London is red. Why not? Fuck the yeah. other London teams as well. Chelsea we'll we'll take what we can get at this point. <laughs> right. right. Uh, and I will do this every single time for the rest of the, the lifespan of this podcast. Anytime Arsenal beat Spurs, I'm going to open the show that way. So right, <laughs> if there's any too. Spurs fans listening, I apologise. I don't. Who cares? <laughs> don't stay. I'm, a, I'm an Arsenal supporter now. My the, the penalty box. We're an Arsenal. We're an Arsenal bar. I made that official to Joel. So uh, yeah, we'll fight in the streets. <laughs> what? <laughs> I just <laughs> I'm in a gang warfare now. I'm a, I'm a hooligan. I'm a, can I be a hooligan now? I'm gonna be a hooligan. I don't want to be a hooligan. Though. That seems that seems very um, very stressful. A stressful life of being a hooligan. Being in a crew, is it what's it called being in a crew? Is that what it is? You know, or you're, you're, you're in one, right? <laughs> Joel. All right. One, one day, Damon, we'll make that movie about the uh, warring pro rest fandom firms in Tokyo <laughs> knifing each other on the streets. Oh, shit, here come, here come the DDT boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, great. Basara's around the corner. <laughs> Uh, that would be that would actually be a uh, a novel concept. I like that. I like that idea a lot. Uh, boy, we're both feeling it today, aren't we, my man? We're uh, you're not getting much sleep. I didn't get much sleep. It's gonna be one fucking hell of a podcast, right? Yeah, I'm very worried. I'm a warrior. I didn't think I was a warrior, but this this is starting to get to me after a fucking year you think you know, no, no surprise really um you want to talk about it yeah, you want to talk well, about it uh yeah well the situation is very fluid uh what i'm hearing at the moment is if i manage to get my hands on the chinese produce vaccine then that would be 
possibly a route to bring my family back to China. Like, I can I can go now. I can apply and leave them here, but I don't want to do that. Uh, sure. Because I, mean, yeah, I, I, I like them. Okay, they're, they've right. they've grown on sure. me, Damon. All right. All right. <laughs> we, we celebrated Esther's birthday I know. last Friday. She's one year old now. Yeah, Isn't that amazing? That. You know what? How time flies. Really? One year. Holy yeah. moly. That's fucking unbelievable. You know what? Come to think of it, don't we have an anniversary? Wasn't around New Japan Cup yeah. that we started doing this? I, I think it was Dontaku. No. I remember it was around Dontaku 2018, I think. Uh, the first episode, appropriately enough, recorded from a hotel <laughs> down my end. So. <laughs> okay. Esther's a one. running theme. That's, I know, I saw yeah. the pictures. Uh, Had a lovely little party. Uh, All our little baby friends came. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. I Look. So, like, this is what I'm saying. What's Even gonna, if, for, for whatever reason, I am... If, I hope this doesn't happen, if I have to go back first without them and they follow later, at least I can say I was there for the, in the first year to see all the milestones, you know, first first steps, first birthday, all of that stuff. Because I guess everything from sort of one year to <laughs> four years old is kind of... You can wave that, can't you, Damon? <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. Oh, ask my dad, I don't know. <laughs> Gosh. Oh, so yeah, I, I apologise if um, I can't bring the energy to this podcast because I've just been up quite. I'm not sleeping very well. I, I sort of I wake up in uh, like five a.m. and then start worrying, start thinking like, oh, what will happen if my headmaster emails me and says I've got to come back mm. immediately without my family, and then I, I just I won't sleep. <laughs> that's it. That's the, oh. that's that's my sleep ruins, and that's how my brain works. My brain hates me now, so. Yeah, your brain will. Manny's very supportive. She she'll tell me like, "Oh, just you know, stop worrying. You, you can't control it. Everything will be fine. Don't worry. We'll make it work. Whatever happens." But you know, I, and that is the truth. Can't stop those right, voices. I know that that is the truth. Um, if there's any truth in all that, that that is the truth. Is that you will find a way to make it work. Right? You will figure it the fuck out. But I I get the stress and I get the anxiety of it and I get the fucking mental. The fact that your brain wants to fuck with you all the time. I get that. Absolutely. Um, and that's the hardest part is to kind of quiet that. And, and that's where I turn to alcohol, Joel. <laughs> um, so, so, so I, and I don't suggest that route. Please be very clear. Uh, but th- that's, I mean, that's that. Um, what can I do to help? What can I help? To, uh, don't tell me. And, uh, but, get me a get me a fucking COVID vaccine. Get me a Sinovac. Find a Pfizer. All right, listen. We have a very Not wide Pfizer. network. Not the Pfizer. It's got to be Sinovac. Otherwise, they they won't accept it. It has to be Pfizer. This is the new the the no Sinovac. It's got to be that. Sinovac. It's got to be the Sinovac. The the China produced one. Ow. Oh. You don't want that Bobo brand. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. I'll fucking inject myself with bleach at this rate. If that's what it takes to get my family right, well, home. Right, so we need the fucking Sonic brand or whatever the fuck that is. Uh, could somebody help Joel? I mean, we have a lot of... Look, we reach far and wide. There's got to be somebody out there that can DM Joel and give him a path. To find this fucking because again, all the, you are the only one that needs it, or does the whole family need it? 
I think it's just me. All right. That's my understanding. It could, it could be Mally as well, but I, she's Thai, so I think she's got a better chance of getting it first than me. Really? No, my, my, my understand. I, I, I don't have this confirmed. I don't think Esther needs it. If they say kids can't travel without it, then we're fucked because there is no right. safe, approved vaccine for the children. I hope they have the common sense to say that, yeah, kids can go without being vaccinated. If they do say that only vaccinated people can go, then we're back to square one. So, you know, I'm not ruling out that possibility either. But yeah, if you're out there and you can get me a dose of the Sinovac uh, COVID vaccine, get it out to Bangkok, then I will shake your hand. I'll shake your hand. I'll eat your ass. I'll kiss you on the cheek. <laughs> I'll, I'll do my Paula Abdul dance for you. <laughs> I'll barrel my nose right in your butt cheeks, pal. Let me do. Let me tell you. Uh, I my suggestion was let's get Joel to New Jersey. Slide him right in. I'll get him in here. Get him all. Get him all shot up. Get a couple drinks. Get him back on a plane. That's my plan. Or I say Groucho Marx glasses, slide right on into China. Never know it was you. Your name is Lance McGillicuddy. <laughs> that's your alias. <laughs> that's like that's what my name would be if I went to NXT. <laughs> <laughs> Lance McGillicuddy. <laughs> yeah. That's not that doesn't sound far from the truth, to be honest. I I'm worried now I'm worried about you. Now I'm now see. All right, now I'm worried about you. Because you didn't sound right even when I called you. I got to be honest. You didn't sound right. You didn't sound like the regular Joel. And I was worried and it's concerned. So now... It's because of the the time change, Damon. I needed that hour to mentally prepare myself to get me in the zone for podcast co-hosting. And you messaged me an hour early. I'm like, oh shit, the clocks must have gone back. I did fuck you over on that one. one. I'm blaming you. And oh, I haven't I had time you. to finish watching Strong, so the listeners are not going to get my <laughs> my piping hot takes for last Friday's, Saturday's episode of New Japan Strong. Rocky Romero just hit pause on this thing. Yeah. <laughs> just, out. We'll come back to us next week, Rock. We'll, yeah, we'll get you. i got nothing for you, man. <laughs> we'll get you next week. Um, yeah, I was, again, I was just a little concerned. Um but again, we have our network, our army of uh, maniacs that can f- that, look. If anybody can do it, it's, it's not it's not the U.S. Uh, military. It's not uh, China's government. It's, it's, no, it's our list. It's our it's our New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast listeners who's going to come through for you, Joel, and make it happen. It, wouldn't it be amazing if it did? I'll tell you what. I kid, I kid. I'll put, I'll put it right on the record. If anybody, any one of these listeners, any one of you maniacs, find a way to make this happen, and I need it to be proof. I don't want just like a little vial and it's just like sugar water, because then I'll kill you. Uh, but if you get this virus, uh, uh, this vaccine, I'll eat your ass. I'll put it right on the record. I don't care who you are. <laughs> All right. How's that? How's that for dedication, Joel? How's that for... I'll join you. We'll both do it. We'll both will clunk heads as we get in and eat the person's ass. We'll just b- blunk our heads together like fucking Shibata and Okada <laughs> trying to get into this person's ass. Yeah, I, I will be. I will do it. I will do it. I hope, I hope she's really cute. 
Oh, Riley I'm Reed. not fussy. Beggars can't be choosers, Damon. That's true. Take what I can get. I will. I'll. I don't care who it is. I don't care who it is. Um. But yeah, let's uh, let's see. Let's see what we can do. I mean, look, shot in the dark, but maybe uh, maybe Robbie Eagles will come through for us. <laughs> or Tapler, who definitely doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> no. you, don't, you don't think so? You don't think? Who do you think listens? She's the only person in the, the wrestling fandom that I know of who's in Thailand. Yeah. You think she can get it? No. <laughs> I would uh, maybe ask my, uh, my brother-in-law. He's a big shot with the, the police. Yeah? The Justice Department here. Yeah. Where? where I'm sure he'd be able to pull Where you are right now? Out. Yeah, in... in well, I don't know exactly which region. I should, probably shouldn't be talking about this publicly. But <laughs> I know. Let's let's just say things work a certain way in Thailand. Ah. Well, actually, probably the same way politics works everywhere. They're just uh, more transparent gotcha. about right. it. Right. Okay. Uh, well, let's just say this: uh, donations. You want to give out the donation link again, uh, Joel? Maybe we uh, we might need that to be uh, yeah. a little, little redcircle.com forward slash super dash j dash cast. Get me some bribes bribery money because <laughs> right. that's how shit gets done here <laughs> right. that's can we uh can we uh listeners maybe maybe you can help that way maybe you can maybe you know what maybe you can help that way <laughs> for bribery money <laughs> is this in any way illegal this recording at this point i hope not no this is going to get us into a lot of trouble with uh, several <laughs> international governments so maybe we should move on and talk <laughs> about uh, new japan pro wrestling let's do that before i incriminate myself any further yeah all right let's do that uh, pro wrestling is is the name of the game, right? Okay, right. And uh, we have the second round of the New Japan Cup to talk about. I know the quarterfinals are taking place as we speak, uh, but I'm not going to watch those later. So we're just going to do second round today. And let's go to now. I know we talked about the results of these matches briefly because they were taking place as we recorded last week. But matches themselves, you presumably have had a chance to watch them. Um, Toriano defeats the Great Okan 30 minutes, 2 seconds uh, via some kind of bullshit. Still annoyed about it, Damon. Um, your thoughts on the match? Look, I, I don't think the match was anything great, and I didn't think anything was great about it. And I complained at the time, and I'm going to complain about it now. That's just, it just makes no sense to me. I mean, I know they like to keep things fresh and surprising, but I don't think that's the guy you, you're you're doing the fresh, surprising shit. You had the guy, match of his career, beat Naito, destroy everybody around him, and he can't get past fucking Yano? It just makes no sense to me. It just makes, it just makes him look like a boob. Um, and that's the last thing you want to do is make him look like a boob. And then, that, uh, you know, that put the rest of the of Empire, United Empire, in somewhat jeopardy because then Jeff Cobb had to win, and oh, I don't want to skip ahead. But <laughs> if you're if you're a United Empire fan, you you're uh, you're in trouble. Uh, yeah, it sucked. I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all, and I didn't like seeing it when it happened. And uh, it's just that I don't – I'm not one to complain a lot about booking and my guy didn't win, but I just I just don't understand that one. 
I kind of mentally prepared myself for his defeat when Yano tied his braid to the railing because I thought oh okay well that's that's going to be the finish but then when he got the, the little tiny knife or scissors or whatever it was I was like oh wow he's outsmarted him and I thought at that point that was the false finish right. and Okan was going to go and win and then he, the you know I can't even remember what it was a bull shot roll up I don't know but uh, yeah they got me with that because I, I thought Yano uh, Okan overcoming the, the hair tying thing was going to be it, his moment of triumph and I thought he looked scary, Yano running around going, I'm scared, I'm scared. I thought that was quite funny, but um, what, yeah, uh, what he lost. He's, his hair looks good now, actually. I don't know if you've seen Okan's hair without the braid. He's looking, uh, he's got a bit of a glow up, I think. So if I'm <laughs> looking for a silver lining here, his hair looks nicer. So uh, <laughs> uh, we, we do have a theory from uh, listener Pink Moon from Discord who says, do you think Great Okan has been a victim of his own success? His subpar win-loss record would be more forgivable if he adapted to his gimmick as poorly as Master Watto. Okan's charisma is obvious to everyone not named Dave Meltzer, but has this charisma become a potential crutch for the booking half-heartedly cementing his dominance? I don't think they're trying to book him the same way that they book in Watto. I think they do see more upside in him, but I my feel f- is that the booking committee thought well we'll give him the big win against Naito at Budokan and that's going to elevate him and it doesn't matter if he loses to Yano because everyone loses to Yano and it doesn't hurt him but we see it differently yeah I mean that's the, I was I was going to ask you what do you think see the logic in this and that's the, only, that's the only logical out is that all there there are plenty of even bigger names that have that have got fucked over by Yano and he is he is that guy that Makes the, these tournaments interesting, G one included. Um, where again, you you you, the idea is that you have to be on your toes, and it's just I don't know, man. <sighs> it, it, look, I, the idea of Tanahashi taking a fall, he has a he's a lot of fucking space to to, you know, he's a lot of room to to take a fall like that. It's not going to ding him up. I don't know if I can say the same thing here. Guys just, he needs to have momentum. He needs to be, and he, and it, and it, what, less than a week before he's beaten Naito. It's like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Oh, well, I won't, we won't harp on that, even though we harped on it. Uh, what, what, what's next? Okay, let's harp on Evil defeating Jeff Cobb in 23 minutes, 8 seconds with his Evil finishing manoeuvre. I actually thought this match was was pretty good. Um, I've said before, I do not mind the Evil shithousery in moderation because this was what, one match within the whole first round of 40 matches. So one out of 14 where there is all that bullshit, I can deal with that, I don't mind as long as it's not happening in every match or, or a lot of the matches that's happened with Castle Attack Night 1, I can deal with it. I mean, it's, it's not. I don't love it. It's not my favourite type of wrestling, but I quite enjoyed the match. I thought Cobb looked great. He l- almost literally carried the match here. He showed great physical presence and there were some great spots with him throwing both Evil and Dick Togo around it and manhandling him. And I thought he looked really strong and I don't think he was really hurt by the defeat to Evil. Uh, and I guess Evil is just one of these guys now who needs to run deep in these tournaments because I don't see him doing much else. I don't see him winning another. Uh, I don't see him winning a New Japan Cup or a G1 anytime soon. He's not going to be headlining any big shows. I think I don't think he's going to be winning the top belt. But to sort of consolidate his place as a 
an upper mid carder he is going to get wins like this and he's going to be making runs to you know semi-finals and, and block finals and things like that and that's that's his spot in the company now um and just fyi you you're you're popping in and out internet wise so if you need to uh reset just let me know um but i, I did get the the major pops of your uh your your thoughts here on this match i i don't know evil bores the fuck out of me you know when 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 he i guess we'll call it in control on offense it's just snooze around um they they had some comeback in in this match and Cobb, again Cobb I agree I think he he was the highlight of this match but I don't know I know that you say if if we contain it to just evil it's a little bit more tolerable but man it just takes me right out, and it's it's a complaint that every, not everybody has, but the people who do don't. The, for the people who don't like it, this this is it in a nutshell. You know, you're starting to build up some momentum, and it just gets pulled out from underneath you. And they, I, I truly believe they could have a really great match. Those two guys could could have a great match. It's just the way that they 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 want to make evil the the guy who needs to fucking do all this bullshit. To get wins, that's how they're going to present the guy. I, I, I hate to say it. I, well, I don't hate to say it, but I just think it, it was a waste. It was a waste of Jeff Cobb, and and the whole thing is a waste of evil. But yeah, you give me two wastes, and you got a three star match. And that's exactly what I feel like you got. Okay, next match we will talk about is Kenta defeating Minoru Suzuki in sixteen minutes fifty seconds by go to sleep. Uh, what do you think of this one, Damon? It was good. Um, I know I I think everybody did too. I think everybody had these grand expectations and this dream match of Kenta and uh, Suzuki, who I, they've had to have wrestled before. I mean, I'm, I, I don't have a cage match loaded up in front of me, but um, I think everybody was thinking back to maybe, you know, 10 years ago. But even with that being said, I thought the match was really good. I, I, here's what it felt. It felt important. Um, it felt uh, like you were seeing two. I, I mean, I'm not going to go so far as to be like, this was like, you know, how Brock Lesnar matches are, where it feels like it's an event and blah, blah. I don't know if I'm going to go that far. But uh, it did feel like you were watching some, something uh special you know if you know again not to to blow it out of proportion but i think a lot of people watching was okay this is this this is good uh the newspaper spot of course was hilarious everybody wants to uh talk about that uh and again the match i thought the match was very good uh again not the best match so far that we've seen in new japan cup but in the upper echelon of the matches that we've seen, I would I would comfortably put it in there. Uh, I don't know. I, for some reason, I did think Suzuki might find a way to get through. Um, and I think my mind started changing during the match. It just felt like this was going to be a Suzuki win. Um, but they probably made the right call. Kent is probably the hottest guy they got in the company 
if if not the hottest guy, one of the hottest guys, got a ton of momentum. So it makes sense from a booking standpoint. So no, I I, I really didn't have a of a, a problem at all with this match. Um, the, the the only problem I had with the match was that I think my expectations were high just because of the names on the marquee. That, and, and that's it. And that's and that's my fault. But for the match itself, no, I thought it was really good. Yeah, you brought up a really good point there, and something I agree with you about about how hot Kenta feels. I think his character worker is maybe the best in the whole company, and I think in a lot of ways that is compensating for his in-ring work, which I still think is really good, but maybe not the you know tippy toppy, high paced athletic style that people might hope from the upper echelons of New Japan. But it, the, the character work is so compelling to me. Like his promos are must watch every time they just going all over the place but really really entertaining like the Okada spoonerisms that he's coming out with like Mizuki Sonoru and New Japan Puck and now he's facing Shikagi Tango uh, bullying the cameraman you know being overweight uh, complaining about Suzuki socks uh, getting annoyed that there are no gun sounds coming from when he's doing the shooting entrance like it does for Chase Owen. So he's like, he's turned into this bitter but extremely funny and sharp-witted man who complains and, and pick holes and everything but does it in a really comedic way. And not just that, most importantly, he builds the matches too and and also provides the, the occasional um, disarmingly thoughtful moment of sincerity like for example mentioning the the earthquake victims or saying that he hopes he made Takayama proud just little touches right. like that and, and again you add that to stuff that's going on in the matches like you said mentioned about the newspaper and I like the match as well they pulled a lot of funny faces at each other and it, I, I could be completely wrong about it it just felt it felt like a Noah style of match with them just hitting each other very hard um, I mean no before they started doing old man vanity matches but yeah I, th- I thought the match was really good as well and I'm just loving Kenta's character work at the moment yeah, he's 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 a notch above a, a lot a lot of people. It's weird how they just you know in a company where people's surface complaint is I can't get into the characters and I can't get into like if people just gave it a try and not just sat back on old old not even old ideas because I don't even think it's really been true. Period, but. Yeah, it's just that like Kenta is 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 proof of it. And 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 everybody when they get a good shot at um some time backstage to cut a quality promo. I mean, to me, I don't think there's a better company, right? I I really don't. It's hard for me to 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 pick anybody else. I mean, I know people might point to AEW at certain points. And trust me, they got a lot of talented people that can work on microphone, no doubt about it. But man, there's there, there's something compelling about just letting people do what they do best and feel how they feel and have some natural emotion in 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 their promos. It's a it's an amazing thing, isn't it? Amazing thing. And I think New Japan helps and leads that. Um, and I think Kenta leads that. So so there you go. Yeah, those YouTube backstage comments are must-watch. As soon as they're released, I've got YouTube notifications. I watch them straight away because there's usually like one or two absolute gems in there. Like there's a really good one with Shingo and Kenta having a back and forth. Uh, and <laughs> Kenta's got a bee in his bonnet because uh, in Shingo's name, there's the character which means 
hawk or eagle. So he's saying, why are you calling yourself the dragon? You should be the hawk. And then Shingo's getting Kenta's kanji characters mixed up and saying, well, there's a dog in your name. And then Kenta's going, no, that's the wrong character, you idiot. And it's just, it's just something that, I don't know, we feel sort of more at home in a sitcom. But it's just seeing these two, like, you know, muscular, angry prize fighters <laughs> bickering at each other about correct application of certain meanings of kanji characters and whether or not it fits the given gimmick is just tremendously funny to me just like the juxtaposition of those those two things there so it's just great stuff people on twitter seem to love it and yeah it's not just him i mean there's so many other people in the company who are delivering brilliant promos like jay white's are always hilarious david finley is, is doing great stuff with him so we'll, i mean we'll come on to them but yeah good stuff between these two um the main event of this show was the aforementioned shingo takagi defeating hiroki goto in 20 minutes uh, 23 minutes 51 seconds via last of the dragon uh, what did you think of this one great fantastic real i mean shingo is <laughs> he's having himself a, a hell of a fucking new japan cup let's 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 start there first um and i know there were people that were scratching their heads like uh goto and not taichi and this is this might be the reason why, and that's and, that, and that again, that's not slandering the good name of uh, your your Lord Taichi, but this is this was a Goto match for sure, uh, and Goto could hang. It felt like, like I don't think he lost a step with Shingo. I don't think. It was Can I jump in with a question? Shingo Sorry, there's a, it's exactly what you're talking about here, and I think shines a lot of light on the, the Goto discourse if you will so this is uh, from Elliot who says what exactly is it about Goto that makes us bored with him before his matches only for us to leave each of his matches saying alright Goto is awesome only yeah. to completely forget that by his next match uh, that, that is an accurate point I, and I am guilty as charged yes um, maybe because and I don't know why this impacts people so much but the fact that he hasn't won or he, he is the the perennial loser but do people really care about that going into the match like do they like in a match like this to me it's a 50 50 coin toss well maybe not i mean i think the idea of shingo getting a nice healthy push you know makes a lot of sense to a lot of people but that being said i mean i don't think it was a slam dunk go to win i mean i know again people who make brackets kind of are are, are are reading the tea leaves but i mean Goto could have won this so i don't know maybe maybe he's just dry i don't know maybe maybe we're just tired of seeing him I mean, he's been around for a long time, um, and he always seems to be in the same spot, I guess. But then he puts on a performance like this, and it's like, okay, well, what are we thinking here? What are we? Why? Why are we lumping this guy into this? Yeah, but okay. In fairness, a lot of times you don't know what the fuck you're going to get with with Hiroki Goto, because there have been times where he's had matches. And don't ask me to rattle them off in the head, but I know they're there. Where they've underdelivered and underdelivered big time. 
So he's, he's not, it's not like he's batting a thousand. And every time you drag Goto out there, you're getting a fucking classic. Because he's had some stinkers in there too. I don't know though. He puts on performances like this and yeah, they're right. You do. You turn off the TV and you're like, all right, fucking good match. And then you got to remember, oh yeah, that was Goto. Okay. So yeah, I I would say I'm guilty. So we're trying to talk it out in my head of why do I do that? And those might be the reasons. I want to talk about Shingo for a bit here because it, right. it does really feel like Shingo time at the moment. It, I'm noticing just little changes in the structure and the layout of his matches where previously in a Shingo singles match, he is the aggressor in the match. But now I've noticed in this New Japan Cup, he is the recipient he, he is getting is at the receiving end of the extended beatdown by the other wrestler so he is sort of placed as the baby face in peril if you will and he's the one who gets the the fiery comeback from that which previously I mean, to my mind hasn't been the case so he's getting that baby face he he seems to be playing to the crowd more he's getting quite a lot of show closing promos in the ring he's busting out these brilliant dad jokes in his post-match comments saying stuff like oh, I update my moves I'm like your smartphone and um, Goto Trouble he was coming up with some great stuff in the run up to the, the Goto match and I just starting to feel that he could be winning this whole tournament just by looking at those little changes the way they're trying to make you view this guy as the big baby face main eventer potentially setting up a final with you know it could be Will Ospreay could be Jay White it's it's looking like it may be a heel coming from that side of the bracket and it could be babyface Shingo in the final and maybe we're finally going to get that, that big main event push for Shingo because he's had the little eyeballing of Ibushi when he was on commentary in in one of those shows I forget which one it was but are you in agreement with me Damon does it feel like something's changed with Shingo and the way he's being booked yeah, I think it's. I think they're very valid points. Um, yeah, if you're looking at it with a little bit of a sharp eye, you're, you're exactly right. So it's like Shingo's fucking Ricky Morton all of a sudden. Uh, you know, getting the baby face uh, sympathy. Uh, big comeback. Away we go. Um, and it does look like, as you pointed out, on the other side of the bracket, it's 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 heel dominated and very um you know the needle is pinned very hard it's not like these people are 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 there's a gray area with these people with jay white or a gray area right, right and now. also I, I forgot to mention his path to the final would be where he's got kenta next and then he'd have probably evil after that so two you know very big heel characters there right right that's a, by the way, I know we talked about it last week. That's a hell of a fucking way to get to the to the cup. I mean, if you look at his path, Shingo's path. I mean, he's got to beat some pretty fucking big names. Okada. I mean, he's he's mowing through them all. Okada, Goto, Kenta, and then what? Jay White or Will Ospreay? He's. Mo- he, I mean, if if you're looking at a path to get to this New Japan Cup, that's a hell of a fucking way to get there. Yeah, I mean the handwriting's on the wall in this one for for Shingo Babyface. But then does that end at New Japan Cup? Let's just say he wins the whole the whole thing. How do you parlay that into Shingo Babyface against 
the ultimate babyface, Kota Ibushi. Or do you? Is, is he the ultimate babyface? Because everyone's the fucking management have thrown him under the bus with this uh, title unification thing. Everyone hates Ibushi now, even though it's <laughs> not his fault and nothing to do with him. But uh, yeah, who knows? I mean, might, if Shingo does win the New Japan Cup and we get to Sakura Genesis, people might be booing Ibushi. They might want to see him lose because of this nonsense. It is amazing, isn't it? Is it? It's it's. I, there's not a lot of people that I hear, and again, I'm not digging through the the halls of the interwebs, but there's not a lot of positivity going into this, is there, for the fat title bullshit? The I am seeing a, a lot of... Um, I was talking to Manabu about this earlier, actually, because uh, he saw... Um, uh, was listening to a Japanese radio show, and he said that Obari was invited as the guest. So I'm going to paraphrase what... Manabu said that he, he sort of sensed that there was a dislike towards Harold May and he says that Obari is like your typical Japanese executive he says again this is Manabu's interpretation of things because I, I haven't listened to this I don't speak Japanese so I wouldn't know but he's not got that sort of strong leadership he's only 46 years old so younger than a lot of the people working in that company and maybe a bit of a, a company man president like for example he was he talked about the IWGP unification thing but didn't really give his opinion on it and Tanahashi's already said that it wasn't Ibushi's idea it was the company's decision but then Obari's still presenting it like it's Ibushi's idea which is unfair and and a lot of fans are particularly in Japan are really upset about this unification and um, Manabu's opinion which I agree with was that the company should be protecting Ibushi and not <laughs> throwing him to the walls like that so it's weird. obviously it's it's a company decision and, and Obari and the company should present it should explain it to us why they've done this what's the logic behind it you know what we want to know what the company's vision is so because no, nobody understands the reason that, that was Manabu's point and he's right we want two belts why are you merging these belts tell us why <laughs> we want an intercontinental championship we want a world championship we're not world I, you know I'm doing a bit, Joel. It's bombing big time. <laughs> it is a funny bit, and I am laughing, but I'm also on mute because I have moved from my hotel room, where the internet connection wasn't great, down to the library. And next door to me in the library, there is a junior management um, oh, no. seminar going on for the company Lush. Do you have Lush in the US? Yes, the uh, bath bombs and all that That's stuff. It. Yeah that's right so that's <laughs> there's music there's people on speakers next door oh, I, I, I'll pop next maybe I can get some bath bombs because I do like this stuff even if it's horribly overpriced but I laughed at your joke Damien it was it was a good reference and <laughs> well done we, we should get that reference in at least once every podcast episode it's I'll, my favourite I'll do my best alright uh, so we talked about Goto we talked about Shingo and how we think is uh Road to a New Japan Cup victory is mm-hmm. right around the corner. Um, we, we're off to, uh, what, night uh, eight? Night whatever, and we have Sanada, the cold skull, defeating Yuji Nagata in 18 minutes, 18 seconds, via rounding body press. Damon, what did you think? <laughs> it was it was a match. A match happened between these two guys. It was, yep. my, my biggest takeaway from this is that why is Sanada doing extended striking exchanges? Because his forearms, his elbows, don't look like they could crack an egg. 
He yeah. should not be doing that. If you want to, you know, promote this guy's strengths and hide his weaknesses, striking is one of his weaknesses. Don't make him do that because he did a lot of it here and it looked rubbish. Rubbish. Uh, I watched this match and I saw Sonata with all capital letters wearing a very cool jacket and a very cool little mask that shined, the light beaming off of it. And he looked cool as fuck. Unfortunately, a bell rang and he was asked to perform for 15 minutes. And boy, did I take a nap. Out like a light, Joe. You know, you talk about having trouble sleeping. May I recommend my favorite sleep remedy? Begins with an S and it ends in an Ada. Right out. I woke up. (laughs) That match happened. Um, Look. (laughs) You... Why? I, I get tired of saying it, and I'm sure people get tired of listening to it. And it's just, we're just never going to meet in the middle. Sonata stinks. I can't get over it. It's, it's just there. Cool entrance. Awesome jacket. Fucking cool mask. Hair. Chef's kiss. Muscular. That's where it begins and ends. That's where it begins and ends. Well, I'm very excited to hear your thoughts on the next match, the main event of this show, which was Will Ospreay defeating Zack Sabre Jr. in 21 minutes, 23 seconds via Stormbreaker, because I haven't heard your thoughts on this match at all. Uh, I finished watching it, and I excitedly texted you saying, whatever you're doing, you know, avoid spoilers, just watch this match. What did you think of it? And I texted back. I said, putting it on right now, as Johnny Rotten would say. Uh, Shingo and Okada was, that was my favorite match so far. Um, This one beat Shingo and Okada. I absolutely fucking adored this match. I thought this match was one of the best matches I've seen this year. I mean, it's a short year. We're in the middle of March, mind you. But I thoroughly enjoyed it. It felt like they they purposely went out there to not have a match that you would think Will Ospreay and Zach would have. It was almost as if they said, let's do what might be considered the opposite of, of that. Um, and yet still mesmerizing spots. And again, the idea of accidental blood helping take a match to another level. And it wasn't like he hit a gusher, but I mean, the, the visual of his nose being busted open, especially from a guy like Zach, it, it helped. It really did. And it made the match even more aggressive, violent. It was a fight. It felt like it was a fight. But without the boring, I'm going to drag you to the outside and brawl through the crowd and brawl, 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 and hit you really hard on the shoulder blades. It was like a pro wrestling fight. 
if that makes any weird sense. Um, like, I'm going to hit you as hard as I can, not with strikes, but with wrestling moves, right? And everything's going to hurt. Um, I, I find, it, I find them, uh, them amazing, the way that they were able to work this match. Um, my favorite of the New Japan Cup. And I'll go so far as to say, this is going to get a lot of votes for match of the year. Come year end. Um, I don't know what online is buzz is, but this, this match really did it for me. It hit, I don't know if it was compelling and it was, it was fast paced, but it wasn't like a Will Ospreay spot fest. I thought the selling was amazing. I thought the selling was really good. You know, working over the arm. And even Will, like, doing stuff outside the ring, doing strikes, and then kind of going back and being like, oh, yeah, he fucked with my arm for 10 minutes. Maybe I should still be in pain. The arm bar spot from the, you know, that came off the top rope. Nah, a lot of stuff I really loved. Great match. I thought it was well-worked. Outstanding. In the hobby... It's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy slab packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and, and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like You know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun. And sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever. But if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards, it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs. And it ends up being, you know, almost nothing. You know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. 
And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. What's going on, guys? This is Rich from the Flagship Podcast here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. If I could have a moment of your time, I'd like to tell you about one of our sponsors, Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock is a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell, all three-in-one, offering you triple security. So you can have everything in one device rather than installing many pieces on your front door. But it's not just for security. The Eufy Video Lock is also for convenience. No more concerns about losing keys, and you can assign passwords to your family members and see them coming back home via the integrated cameras. Some other great features we love about the Eufy Video Lock is it is easy to install and set up with just a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required, keyless entry, no more fumbling for keys when your hands are full. You never have to worry about kids losing keys or passing among renters. You also have 0.3 second, 0.3 second fingerprint recognition and one second unlocking. Again, 0.3 seconds, it's going to recognize your fingerprints and in one second it's going to unlock and with the AI self-learning chip embedded, the more you use it, the more accurate it will be. Also, no battery anxiety. You have a rechargeable battery in there that could last around four months and you will get a low battery notification before it runs out. Uh, Passcode unlocking a remote control with the 2K clear sight. See who's at your door and control from anywhere through the Eufy app. With enhanced night vision, you can have optimized view even in the evening. You can also secure your package delivery by view and two-way audio. And then best of all, no monthly fee. A bunch of other brands out there are going to charge you a monthly fee. You have your recordings locally and you never have to pay for storage. Customer service, Eufy's got you handled as well. They are on standby for you 24-7 so you can enjoy a worry-free experience with an 18-month warranty, all backed by their professional customer service team. Contact them anytime by telephone, email, or live chat. Personally, as a homeowner, I love my Eufy video lock. I have the ability to see what's going on when I'm not home, when packages have has arrived, and, and really the thing I love the most about it, the ease of being able to lock and unlock my doors without having to fumble with my keys and reach in my pocket or wait, no, crap, they're in my backpack, all that sort of stuff. All this is happening while my dogs are barking at me. You know what? Not anymore with the Eufy video lock. I touch it. 0.3 second fingerprint recognition, one second doors unlocked much much easier so if you want to jump on board with eufy video lock search eufy video lock that is e u f y video lock again that's eufy video lock e u f y video lock or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door It was a match that watching it live and speaking to other people that watching it live, I, it was me and Andrew Rich just talking about it in the Voices Resting Slack as it was going on. It, it felt like a moment, it, like something really significant in the history of New Japan. I don't know, maybe this is just my, my Englishman bias towards it, but seeing these two guys tear it up like that and what is my match of the year, I thought this was wow. outstanding. This. For, uh, I said on Twitter this is a perfect pro wrestling for me one right this is not a 45 minute match 21 minutes in and out no wasted time nothing you could trim from there I wouldn't want to see another five minutes added on for the sake of it they did everything they needed to do really interesting character work there with the reversal of roles because usually it's been Zach 
bullying Osprey, who's been a junior, but now right. Osprey is, is beefed up a bit and he's got this new attitude and swagger as leader of the empire. Then we had a really interesting switcheroo there where Zack was the sort of de facto baby face and Osprey was the, the cocky, uh, more muscular guy who was sort of physically out muscling Zack at certain points in the match. You could see Zack getting taken aback and frustrated by that and yeah the strikes were great just ugly nasty the the forearms and the european uppercuts and the execution of everything was really crisp it was it had snap and a lot of sort of hatred and aggression behind it all the trash talking was good i always just enjoy trash talking when it's two english guys going (laughs) at it because it just feels like this, this sort of argument you might hear at a football match and yeah that moment that you you mentioned about when Osprey got his nose busted I think it was the La Mystica but then his nose is like pissing blood everywhere and Zach's got him in that submission move I don't know what the name of it was but I really I thought that might have been the finish there and it was just like you say just a great visual of the blood pouring down Osprey's face and he's desperately trying to get to the rope and then his he sort of managed to rock his body over and, and turned over and his leg just kind of arced over and in, almost in slow motion managed to hook that bottom rope it was just it was really cinematic the way it went yeah. down and just an outstanding match it's I, I will be very impressed if anything manages to top it this year I know it's only March but this is just everything I want to see in a pro wrestling match and even better than that was at the end of the match Tai Chi coming out and uh, giving Zach a lovely cuddle and stroking his face and saying don't don't worry man you you, you, you did great I, I wish I had someone like this <laughs> is subtweet my wife here you know my wife is wonderful my wife is my tai chi you know being there to stroke my hair and go it's okay Joe everything's okay even, even as everything's falling apart around me <laughs> <laughs> oh that is that's that's the most romantic thing I've heard in, in months that's lovely write that on a card I'm sure it'll go over with her just as well you are my tai chi <laughs> <laughs> like what the fuck are you talking about uh yeah, I mean, you said it. This match was fantastic. So, uh, uh, unfortunately, Zach is eliminated because he had, you know, even his Gabriel Kid match I thought was really good. He always has good fucking tournaments. I love watching him. I just, he's I just, I, I, I'm mesmerized by what he can do in a ring and make it look so easy. That's that's the thing. He just makes it look so easy, so creative, and so easy. Uh, so that means what are we? I mean, so what are we looking at here? Are we looking at uh, what's what's our what's our semifinals? Um, we've got a couple, uh, two more first round, uh, second round oh, matches right. to talk about first, right. and then we'll get onto our prognostications. So uh, let's talk about David Finley defeating Yoshihashi in 30 minutes and 12 seconds with an acid drop. I wasn't expecting a great amount from this. For 30 minutes match, I thought they packed a lot in there. I thought this was really good, Damon. This was unexpectedly good. And I, I maybe should have expected more from it, given these two guys are ranked quite highly in our most improved wrestler polls. I think Yoshihashi won that poll. So these two guys who really have stepped up their game and put a lot of effort in here. It was like two fiery underdog baby faces just putting it all on the line, see who the better man was. And David Finley in particular, I think we need to single out for some praise because he just looks like a completely different guy to 12 months ago. He looks like he is grateful to be in Japan and get in this spot. And 
I don't know if, if this is a hot take anymore, but I think he's better than Juice now. He's in good shape. His promos are great. He's always very, very passionate and believable. And you, you believe it. Yeah, you, you feel that it's real. The words that are coming out of his mouth when he's laying out how he thinks he's surpassed Yoshihashi and he's got a big opportunity now and he needs to, to seize that with both hands. And his in-ring work is really good. His moves look like they hurt. His strikes are... They've got that snap on them that you expect and he is able to pull off really sort of creative uh, sort of counters and, and reversals during this match. The way that that finish came where he manages to uh, reverse Yoshihashi's uh, I think it was like some sort of brain buster move and, and turn that into his acid drop it was just very very well executed just high level stuff so I was really impressed with David Finney here I agree with everything you said right and um, it is a great not a surprise but just a, a great thing to see but I will say this it means nothing until David Finley gets a big win because unfortunately, he's going to be perceived as a guy that is is at a certain level and uh, a certain pecking order. And until so the company says, "Okay, you're going to get a big win over somebody," not Yoshihashi. As much as we are in agreement, yes, fantastic the year last year, one of the one of the one of the bright spots uh, of New Japan in where everybody's kind of giving it a thumbs down, Yoshihashi was a bright spot. But David Finley's got to beat a name for for all this hard work to pay off. And it's, and if you think about it, he's got guys that are lapping him. He's got guys that are lapping him. Um, and I don't want to see him get, like, like, now's the time for that. Like, there's no need to sit back on any type of David Finley push. Like, it needs to happen now because if it doesn't, then, then what? Then what do you do with the guy? Because he's given you everything he's got, it feels like. Doesn't feel like there's a lot that's being held back here. Um, and that's and I and I say that in a in a in a, in a very positive way. Now it's the company's turn to say, okay, we're gonna put a little stock in David Finley. And if they don't, we know where we stand. Right? I think I think David's doing his part. Now it's time to say, okay, he, this guy needs to to do something with that, and then and then we see where we go. the The, the challenge is, Joel, is that I'm not convinced the company is there for that. Well, we've got a couple of questions. Matthew says, what are the chances of Kenta and Finley meeting and David getting revenge from the New Japan Cup USA loss? And Jamie says, should David Finley get a singles push? Uh, Kenta and Finley, that would require that to be the final of the New Japan Cup. And that's right. not going to be the final. So it's not going to happen. But as far as singles push goes, I mean, he has a big match coming up in the next round against Jay White. And they've got a lot of history together. Jay White is 12 and 1. Of course, they're in the dojo together. They had a tremendous match. I think it was for the US title back in 2018, I want to say. That was very, very good. Worth going and watching. And both guys have just improved tenfold since then. So I'm really excited about that. And that could be the coming out party. I don't think Finley is going to win, but I wouldn't rule it out. I would not be absolutely stunned if he did win. And I think that would be a, an incredible moment for him. I think I think the objective with Finley should be to get him at a level where you can put him in the G1 and people will go, yes, 
that's a good call. He deserves that because I think he's more than capable of delivering. You know, you can give him Euro spot. You know, <laughs> be perfectly serviceable being in the G1 climax. I would love to see it. And what a better way to do that than by giving him this this big? Presumably, it's going to be a main event match against Jay White, which I'm really excited for. That should be the the acid test, if you'll excuse the pun, uh, to to show that he is someone who can hang in big singles matches against the top boys in New Japan. I agree. That would be a, a, a great moment. And again, the history in the dojo and, and those two having 517 singles matches as young lions um, trading Boston Crabs, it helps tell that story. So, yes. could Is there a way to make that happen here? I think so, Right. I mean that that would all but confirm Osprey making it to the finals. I would I would think. Oh, yeah, I mean you mentioned that. I would love to see a David Finley Will Osprey semi final. Again, I don't think it's going to happen, but I think that would be a really fresh and interesting match. And I'm getting ahead of myself. I don't even think that Finley has to beat Jay White to to receive a significant oh, elevation in the company. I think if they I have a, a really good competitive close match and Finley pushes him, then you could achieve a similar result. But I think, you know, if you want to really pull the trigger and, and say, this is a guy that you've got to pay attention to, then maybe he should beat Jay White. Don't think it's going to happen, but it would be a very gutsy move if they did. I think he should. I absolutely think they should. Again, I think, I think David Finley's had... A, a few, at least a few of those. Ah, he was so close and just couldn't pull it out. But he's going to make it there one day. Moments like this. This is it. This is the time. You're not going to hurt Jay White, right? Jay White seems like he's going to have a program with Tanahashi, right? Forever. Um, keep keep this. Make it. Give Finley the win. Have him lose to Osprey. Osprey did a finals. Shingo did a finals, and away we go. Sticking with uh, Finley and Finjuice, Sizzleby says with Finjuice winning the Impact tag titles, do they lose them to someone in Impact, or maybe someone like God, helping the US New Japan guys work closer to home more? And Louis says Finjuice winning the Impact tag goal. What are the scenarios moving forward? Can they defend those in Strong or in Japan? So, Damon, what are your takes on Finjuice winning Impact tag team gold? Um. It gives them something to do and work when when they they leave a, a Japanese tour. Um, I think it's good for them. It's, that's I mean, what's the what's the impact tag titles worth to a person? I guess is my question. Like to a to a, to a wrestling fan, is that something that we're we're getting excited over? To to me, it feels like. A vehicle to get people like Finjuice and the Good Brothers and Gorillas of Destiny being able to work these into promotional matches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we already know there's that the the synergy between promotions. So, I mean, I have no problem. I look. I, I'm not. I'm not. It's not a bad thing. That's for, that's for sure. Um, and it gives them an opportunity to be on TV. Um. When they come home and they're able to make some money while they're home, hmm. and again extend the program possibly with God and Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows, there's nothing wrong with it. I don't know where it goes. 
I'll be honest with you, it's, it doesn't make me want to tune into Impact, you know, whenever it's on. I don't even know when it's on. Like, I'm not going out of my way to watch it. And now, listen, if they pull out a fucking barn burner match somewhere, yeah, I'll pop it on. But, you know, it's kind of like, okay, it's cool. They're Impact Tag Team Champions. What am I supposed to do with that? I'll tell you what they should do with it. I want to see the Regal Twins... My favourite boys from New Japan Strong getting a shot at those belts. I don't care where they do it, if they want to do it on Impact or do it on Strong, but I like the Regal Twins, and if they don't get a shot at those titles, what are we even doing here, Damon? We've got a great tag team just spinning their wheels and Strong, having very good matches, but let's, let's take it to the next level. Let's, let's make hay while the sun shines. Um, all right, well, let's talk about the final match of the second round, which was Jay Huito defeating Hiroshi Tanahashi in 90 minutes, 54 seconds. A match that, well, let me pose you a question from Jay Cafe. He says, what's better long-term storytelling? Tanahashi uh, purposely getting fat just to get jacked for G1 season or Taguchi doing Yano's bit, which leads to a merch sell-off at Wrestle Kingdom. Um, yeah, this was just hilarious. The, the build for this match being... Tanahashi getting a bit fat and <laughs> Jay White show, ha- having an, an abs off at the start of the match and Jay White screaming don't point the fucking camera at him point it at me I'm better looking than him and I just thought that was very entertaining but then the bell rung I mean the match was fine they've had they've had better matches they've had a lot better matches than this there wasn't anything wrong with this one I liked the finish it was quite creative the way that he Jay White uh, reversed the uh, was it a, dr- a dragon screw into uh, the Blade Runner? Very, very well executed, but yeah. th- it was nothing special, was it? No, it was a very solid pro wrestling match, but nothing where like it was. It was. I, I don't want to say it was like just a, a, a flat line, but it was like I don't know. Like it. It was a. a it was like a professional wrestling match, if that makes any sense. Like it was a match that was, I don't devoid of of emotion or like it. it and I, again, I I definitely don't want to say they were going through the motions because they weren't. But it was just. Like when we say out oh, there was a pro wrestling match and it was there over like Sonata and like Yuji Nagata, we were like that. I mean, I, what I'm saying there is that it was, it was boring and they got in the ring and they did what they did. This was a a a this was a textbook pro wrestling match between two great pro wrestlers who know what they're doing in the ring. That did not move the needle one way or the other. <laughs> Does that make sense? That's what I'm, that's that's what I felt after it. Like I felt like I watched a pro wrestling match. Like if if a pro wrestling match were an earthquake, the needle was not moving much at all. You had a little tremor, but you certainly didn't have the fucking wall shaking. Do you feel Jay White is in danger of Losing that magical heat, that you know, all that buzz that he had post Wrestle yeah. Kingdom, yeah, is that gone? gone. Mm. Yeah. Don't you? Yep. 
and as entertaining as I find him as a heel like his post-match stuff where he was being carried to the back on a throne of young lions with uh, Gabe Kidd and New York Emirate like I, I love heel Jay White but you had lightning in a bottle there and everyone was watching him and I, we've talked about this before but I'm not seeing any change in his character not only am I not seeing any change in his character we're not seeing anything that capitalized on those moments of pure emotion and pure uh, real life kind of butting heads with pro wrestling life. Like, I mean, was it us that created all this? (laughs) All our hard work, Joel, to make this moment even more special? Has has that gone to waste? I feel like it kind of has. I we've been like, betrayed, Damon. <laughs> I feel like we've. I feel like we lived up to our end of the bargain, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, <laughs> what? Uh, so, yeah, I don't. I don't feel like they capitalized on that. At least not yet. Anyway, I mean, again, could could we eventually get there? I guess, but man, we're taking the fucking long way, aren't we? It doesn't feel. Let's put it this way: it doesn't feel like any anything that happened on the first week of January, and then into the first week of February, had anything to do with what we're seeing now. It really doesn't. And that's a shame because if, you're right. For a two week stretch, was there for doing nothing? You know, for sitting at home or lying on the beach and watching it all unfold around him. It just feels like, boy, you had the hottest guy in pro wrestling. And now what? <laughs> what, right? Now what? In terms of sort of big picture thoughts, looking at this New Japan Cup, I am kind of getting the feeling that the booking has slightly changed this year. That the big four, if I had to say they were a big four, are Ibushi, JY, Shingo, Osprey. It feels like these are the four guys who have been given the spotlight and the big matches and the main events to shine. Are you getting that feeling as well? Like, well, people like Naito, Okada are being downcycled, even Sanada, Evil's <clears throat> taking a back seat. Yeah. I mean, and that, I think it's a good thing because they're constantly like it feels like New Japan Cup is the tournament to make new stars, and I know a lot of people sometimes want to put that title on um, G One, but I really feel like New Japan Cup is that is that tool, um, and yeah, it does feel like it is that that little bit of a shift, and as we go into like Genesis, um those guys will be a little bit more of a focal point than maybe Naito or Okada or Tanahashi. Now, there is a common denominator between the three guys that we mentioned. They're all banged up. (laughs) They're all hurting. Um, So I have no problem. Here's, again, the mentality of pro wrestlers is to work, 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 hurt, work, hurt, work, hurt, work, 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 work through injuries, work. Okay. Take some time off. Rest up. You don't have to be on every show. 
And hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed, that's the mentality that they're taking by giving these guys who are awesome a little bit more spot. Kenta, you can throw in that list too. Um, giving them more spotlight because I don't think the company the company can afford to, especially now when we're not playing the full buildings. The company can now allow some of these guys to heal up a bit and and take a break. I think I think that would be a good thing. And I and I know the people that they're putting in that position can carry the company for a couple months to 25% crowds, 30% crowds, whatever the number is, and to, you know, and give them a at least a couple weeks, but I mean, you mean to tell me that those Corkin shows, those 500 Corkin shows are going to be any less sold out with Osprey on top, Jay White on top, Shingo on top, Abushi on top, Kenta on top. Come on. And Tanahashi not in some fucking six-man tag with Honma and fucking Hanare. No disrespect to Hanare or Honma, who had a good match. But you get my point. Sit home. Sit on the couch. Put your feet up. Get fat. Rest. We don't need you right now. We don't need you right now. You can rest. Because I got the feeling, Damon, that uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff that we complain about with New Japan and their booking and all the shenanigans and Bullet Club and all that stuff. But I do feel if you put that to one side, for this calendar year, 2021, we've got quite a lot of really high-end matches yeah. that you know they, they are delivering on their promise for, for giving you those high quality main event that, that we love and just I was looking on cage match at the top 10 highly rated ones and of course that you've got to take with a pinch of salt because everyone's going to have different opinions on this but just looking at the top 10 we've got Tanahashi against Shingo Osprey against Zack uh, Cobb against Shingo Okada versus Osprey Jay against Ibushi Okada against Shingo Ibushi versus Naito Despi versus Ibushi Goto versus Shingo Jay versus Ishii so the top 10 matches and the common denominator for that list, all of them feature those four guys I mentioned. So Shingo, Osprey, uh, Jay White, and Ibushi. So yeah. it just seems that they are the focal point and you can slide other people into the mix against them, whether you're putting in like a Tanahashi or a Zack or a Jeff Cobb or an Okada or a Naito or an Ishii or even a Despi or Goto, putting into uh, against one of those four guys and it's delivering big and, and I don't know it just feels like comparatively compared to other years we're halfway through March and we've got a lot of really high end matches here yep and I think that the prospect of having great matches is better with the people that you mentioned like <clears throat> again this is not a disrespect to Naito or Tanahashi or Okada these guys have proven themselves time and time again. What I'm saying is, is that you have a talented roster that can deliver matches that will have the possibility of rival, rival, you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I can't fucking talk. They're, they're going to be right there. Uh, so give them a shot. Cause I think your chances are better than with a broken down batter, Tanahashi, Okada, Naito, let them rest. The company's in good hands. We, we know how to make stars. 
let, 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 let's let them go. And they, and here and here's the thing too, for people who were sour on 2020 and have abandoned ship, you're missing out. You are missing out because I think 2021 has rebounded tremendously, tremendously. Louis says, which wrestler has performed in the New Japan Cup better than you guys thought? My vote's on Shingo. So is there anyone in this tournament, Damon, who's really grabbed your attention and you, you've sat up and thought, wow, this guy is over-delivering on, on what I expected? Over-delivering? Well, I was going to say Shingo is, is having a hell of a fucking run, but okay. Um, who over Oh, Honoma definitely over-delivered. Um, I mean, it was one match, but yeah. I mean, like, like if I'm giving a fucking award for a guy who gave me something that I would never expect. Yep, that's that's my guy. Anwar says, has New Japan Cup gotten watered down by expanding the fields? And will we ever hear the karaoke of uh, John Carroll doing Jay-Z big pimping from the G1 Supercard weekend? I'm not sure if any <laughs> video footage of that exists, but oh, the, what a great day that was. I still that really was with great. fond memories of that and all the the, the bond off we did. Uh, singing Stand By Me, Oasis together. Oh. Yeah. That was fucking great. We were we were killing the drinks. Yeah, that that went really fast. Next thing, I swear to God, it felt like the next thing I know, I was walking into Madison Square Garden. Um, yeah, that was that was that was a fun afternoon. That was a real fun afternoon. Yeah, I missed that. Um, With regards to the first question though about expanding the field, I I like it. I like having 32, 30 guys because then you get interesting matches with guys like Honma getting his annual singles match and Tenzan or, or Gabe Kidd or Yotosuji where otherwise if you had the 16 top guys in the company you wouldn't get to see that so I personally I like the fact that they've expanded it yeah I see the argument of saying just give me the the, the meat and the potatoes I get it but you know I like I, I do I feel the same way as you Joel that I like the idea of getting matchups maybe that I maybe would not have gotten you know, by adding an extra layer of, of uh, an extra round to get those first round matches that maybe I wouldn't have gotten before. I mean, do, do we need to see another Tenzan match? Eh, probably maybe not. But um, I, I see both sides of the argument. I I might lean a little bit more toward the 16 as opposed to the 32. But I see both. I see both. Classic catch says, as Tanahashi, Naito, Okada and Ibushi get older, does New Japan have a growing superstar problem? There's essentially Hiromu and Jay White who can be that A-plus superstar. What should they do? Um, I see the problem being young, domestic, homegrown guys, like Japanese talent. Because, yeah, once you look past those names mentioned, I mean, who is the next young Japanese guy where you're looking at thinking, yeah, this is the guy who's going to headline... Wrestle Kingdom because for me it's it's the young lines and I'm thinking of guys like maybe Shota Umino or Yu Uemura as being the guy who could step up and, and be the face of the company but That's wild. They, they're a long way away and I can't yeah. see anyone between them and the, the guys that were mentioned in the question yeah and then even the guys because it feels like they are at a certain level of, of young lioness where they're they're probably ready to, to take that those next steps, um, and then we got to see what we got underneath. And it doesn't like like again the 
pandemic being a big issue, but I don't know if we have people underneath that. Now, again, do you turn to Strong at that point? Um, turn to the great yeah. Ocon. He is the guy. Ocon should be the person that they're building to, to be the next guy who's going to be in, in headlining big shows like that. But on the current trajectory, it's going to take a while before he is accepted as a, a tippy-top guy. What about a Carl Fredericks? I mean, that's going to be a while too, mind you, but... He's again, lost a lot of momentum. I mean, from, you know, when he yeah. was slotted into the New Japan Cup last year against Kenta in that first round match and we were all excited and then the pandemic hit and he just, he lost a lot of steam on Strong. And he has. he's back now and I'm excited to see him. For me, if I was in charge of booking Strong, that would be the objective in the next set of tapings or two to put the, the rocket to this guy. So you make him a star, you make New Japan Strong all about him then get him back to Japan and you can take it away from there. Yep. Full agreement. Clark Connors, you could put in that list too, but yeah, that, that should be the primary objective. Number one of is making sure that you're setting up at least one or two guys out of strong to be easily just take the plane ride over and slide right on in to pretty decent programs. That's, that should be the goal of strong. All right, so you wanted to talk about quarterfinals then. So we've got Yano, some of these matches will have taken place by the time you listen to this. Yano versus Evil, Kenta versus Shingo, Sonata versus Osprey, and Jay versus Finley. So what are your predictions for the rest of the tournament? All right, so again, uh, Yano versus... Evil. Uh, evil. You, you, would, you would have to think Evil goes on, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, nobody's thinking Yano wins this, right? No. Evil's got to get his win back from the G1. That sounds hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then Kenta yeah. versus Shingo. I can't see Bullet Club versus Bullet Club, so I will pick Shingo for that. And then we've got an Evil uh, versus Shingo semifinal. Yep, I see that. And again, I think it's leading to Shingo. Babyface Shingo. Mm-hmm. Rocking and rolling to the double drop kicking his way to the finals. And then we've got Sonata versus Osprey and Jay versus Finley. I mean, I will, I will pencil in Jay as the winner of that one. Sonata versus Osprey, I would like... I, I think it should be Osprey, but I, I can't rule out. Yeah, the, the thought of Sonata winning is very, very real and very, very scary. It is. Because I, I know yeah, they, I, they really want to go back to that Jay versus Sonata match that they did at, whenever Christ. it was last year. So I'm just terrified that that's, that's where we're going. I really I want to see Jay versus Osprey, but again, that's heel versus heel. I don't know. I don't I have a feel David for that Finley one. Wins. I, I will go David Finley. I, 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 re, I, I talked myself into it. I'm going David Finley. I'm going to be the, I'm going to be, I'm going to be the, uh, the hero here. David Finley beats Jay White, gets his big one. New Japan backing J, uh, David Finley. Uh, which would allow Will to get a win over Sonata. Will beats Dave, Shingo, Will, New Japan Cup Finals. I like it. I'm, I will be optimistic and go along with you on that one. I just, it, it's Finley's time. And just the idea of him having that big semi final with Will Ospreay would be very exciting to me, even if I don't think he would have much chance of winning. But just the dynamics between them, Finley would be such a great baby face against dickhead Will Ospreay so uh, there you go um, I I'm not going to talk about Strong because I didn't get a chance to finish it because of daylight savings so uh, 
couple of questions then before we go. Uh, Oscar Rooney says, what non-main event New Japan wrestler would improve strong? So if you had to send a mid-carder from the current uh, roster based in Japan and send them to strong to help out, who would you send? How about that? I'm going to send an older guy because I think that that'll that'll be more helpful to uh, the young crop that's in strong mostly uh, and also can still go and also might need a new coat of paint and just something, you know, to build for, something to do. How about Hiroki Goto? I was thinking exactly the same, Damon. Really? Just think, you, you, yeah, you could have main events like Goto against a Carl Fredericks or a Chris Dickinson or a filthy right. Tom Lawler. Right. That would be great. I think so, right? I think so. And then, you know, Goto can be a little bit more creative maybe. Um, have a little bit more room to, to stretch his creative wings. Yeah, I like that one. And last question, John says, what is the worst New Japan entrance theme song and why is it David Finley's? I mean, Finley's is very... I, I, I couldn't tell you what it is. I could not sing it to you. If you put the gun to my head, then uh, I'd be a dead man. Um, so I was it? It's bad. It's just very, very forgettable. Have you got any New Japan entrance musics that you think are... What's the worst? The worst one is... Um, oh, fuck. Uh, the former Dragon Lee. Dra- <laughs> the... Uh, his hip hop was it baby mama or what is it? Oh or? yeah, it's, that's very very bad with very really bad lyrics. I can't remember oh, what they are, the but I remember worst. hearing them on music of the mat and thinking, oh my god, Dragon Lee deserves better than this. It is shit. Um, it would be like a, like a, if a third grader was asked to write a sexy rap song, uh, you know, that you would hear at a strip club or something. Uh, it's it's just ridiculous. Um, that's gotta be up there as the, one of the worst. Um, I'm trying to think of what else is, is an instant like, ugh. um, I, w- I would say that's, that's probably number one on my list. All right. Well, that's it. A, a shorter episode today. Um, redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash J dash casts. Uh, thank you for everyone who has donated, putting money towards the uh, Joel COVID vaccine fund. Uh, Discord link is in the show notes. If you want to get one of our t-shirts at Cobra Kawaii and pro forward slash super J cast. Massive thanks to editor Dan. Find him on Twitter at LousyHero219. Subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network for other great shows. Give us a five-snake review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at the SuperJCast. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and goodbye. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.